welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. I'm glad you're here this morning. You're starting off the year right by being in the house of God this, this very first Sunday of the month. And I want to encourage you, some of you, maybe you don't come to church that often. Um, do church more this year. Do church more this year. Like, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be this church. Like some of you might say, well, Pastor Ryan, you guys are a little too far for me to come every Sunday. That's okay. You know, get connected to a church body. That's all that I can ask for as a, as a pastor. Just get connected. Church connects us to Christ. Christ connects us to the Father. The Father connects us to the kingdom. And so, you know, as, as much as we would love to have you at our church, just get connected to a church. Amen. So much so that when you miss church, you get you get sad that you missed. You get a little down, kind of like when you, you know, if you go to the gym five days a week, four days a week, and then you miss a day, you feel like so fat, right? That was me all last week. I was, I was on vacation. I mean, I, I couldn't eat like a peanut. And, I, you know, I, I would be thinking, man, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm going to gain, I'm going to gain weight again, right? Um, so that, that's, that's the, the feeling that you want to get when you miss church. And man, I got a, I got a very specific word for, for today. We, I, we just got back from out of town. We went to Colorado. It was, it was a blast. Layla, Haley, they, they loved playing in the snow. Um, and normally I don't, I don't preach that Sunday when I come back. I usually get someone uh, else to preach because I like to enjoy you know, my vacation without having to worry about preparing a sermon. But God gave me this word uh, the week before I left, and he was like, you need to preach this on this Sunday. And I was like, okay. Um, so I, I had to wake up a little bit earlier than I would have liked to while I'm on vacation, but it was okay. Um, I, I had some additional inspiration, which those beautiful Rocky Mountains. Uh, but if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to Luke 4, 1 through 2. And be ready this morning. Be ready this morning. God has, a, God has a word. You might hear me sniffle a little bit. Man, God just messed me up this morning. It's Luke 4, 1 through 2. It says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all that time and became very hungry. The Gospel of Matthew says it this way. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry. Mark says it like this. One day Jesus was from Nazareth in, in Galilee and John the Baptist, uh, John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Then the Spirit then uh, compelled Jesus to go to the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days and he was out among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. Someone say amen to that this morning. We just read all the accounts of this event. They all essentially say the same thing. I thought it would be helpful uh, just to read them all so that you could kind of get the full picture of what was happening um, through this, during this time d- during Jesus's life. Um, and I've entitled this sermon, What's Your M.O.? Turn to the person next to you and ask them that question. What's your MO? So just to give you a little bit of background here, we know that Jesus, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? And then uh, the spirit of God fell over him 
And, Je- and then Jesus was led into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days, all the while being tempted by the devil. Now, immediately after that event, right after Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, fasting, being tempted, he begins his ministry. That is a very essential part of this message. I don't want you to forget that fact. That's where Jesus began his ministry, because that's, that's probably the reason that Jesus was fasting in the first place. This is not just any old ministry, any old calling. This is the ministry that was going to change the face of humanity as we knew it. It's a game changer. Jesus knows that, that it's going to lead to a brutal death of him hanging on a cross. Jesus knows what it means, what he's got to do. He knows what he was put on this earth to do. So he has to get in the right mindset. He has to prepare himself for what's to come. So Jesus chooses to fast. And I'm talking about fasting today because some of you guys know that every year we enter a, a church fast, a corporate fast. And, and uh, so that, that's, you know, actually we're, we're starting that today. Uh, and that's why I wanted to bring this message. Um, now, we don't know if Jesus fasted very often. In fact, this is really the only time in scripture, the, the only event in Jesus's life where we hear about him fasting. Uh, we also know that the disciples didn't fast very often. That, actually, they were criticized for not fasting enough. And Jesus says, well, they don't fast because there's no reason for them to fast because I'm here with them. When you're in heaven, you're not going to be fasting. You're going to be literally in the presence of God. You don't need to get closer to God. You're going to be, you're going to be seeing the, the radiance of his glory. And so Jesus says, when I leave, when I depart, then they will begin to fast again. So the point I'm really trying to make is that when Jesus fasted, he fasted right. <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus went into the wilderness to a place of, of solitude where he couldn't be distracted, where he wasn't going to be tempted to watch Bird Box on Netflix. Right? He, he, he completely rid himself of everything related to the flesh. I want you to think about this for a moment. He went into the wilderness, into the wilderness. I mean, he rid himself not of just food, but of his, of his very bed. Like, what was he going to sleep on? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, completely just took away anything related to the pleasures of the flesh so that he could have the spirit of God working in him. And that's exactly what happened. Luke says that, that when Jesus returned to Galilee after fasting, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think some of us were filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. And that, that indwelling of the Holy Spirit was the mode in which Jesus operated his ministry. I want you to, I want you to hear that again. That indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that, that spirit that filled up Jesus after fasting for 40 days, that was the mode in which Jesus carried out his ministry. So again, the title of this sermon is, is what's your MO? MO stands for modus operandi. It's a, it's a Latin phrase for mode of operating. It's commonly associated with criminals and the way that they carry out their, you know, criminal activity. A couple weeks ago, I got a notification on my next door app saying, uh, the cops had caught a man who was robbing people at gunpoint. It was actually close to, to where we live. So we were grateful for that. And we live in the hood, man. Uh, but they caught him thankfully. And they said that this man was associated with five or six different, you know, thefts in, in the area. And the report said that his MO his modus operandi was that he would post ads, fake ads to offer up selling his car 
And then when he would meet the potential buyers, he would rob them at, at gunpoint because sometimes, you know, if you're going to meet someone, you, you carry cash with you. Um, and so that, that was his MO. That was the way that he operated. Um, now, an MO isn't always associated with criminal activity. I don't want you to think that I'm comparing Jesus, you know, to criminals. Uh, um, but it, it's just a way of carrying out, you know, any type of activity, any type of process. For example, when, I, uh, when I'm preparing a sermon, I have a certain MO. It always begins with coffee. It's got to begin with coffee. If I ever preach a message that is not anointed, it's probably because I didn't have coffee that week. It always starts with coffee. And then I, I like to take the text and, and read it and study it. And, you know, I'll look at the Greek words and I'll have, you know, a commentary, a bunch of resources because I like to understand the fullness of the text. I don't want to preach something that was never meant to be preached on. I take that really seriously. And then I begin kind of structuring it out and applying it in a practical manner. That's my MO for preparing a sermon. And so Jesus fasted for 40 days. Why? To be filled with the spirit of God, because that was going to be his modus operandi. That was going to be the mode in which he carried out his ministry with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, how are you going to do it? How are you going to change the face of humanity? How are you going to get people to follow you 2000 years after the fact, how are you going to muster up the strength to go to the cross? How are you going to do it? Jesus, by the power of the Holy spirit dwelling in me. That's how, that's how I'm going to do it. Church. I will let you know, man, that some powerful things can happen when you let the Holy spirit work in you. I mean, you'll, you'll do certain things that you never thought you were capable of doing. I've heard testimonies of people saying that they were, you know, they witnessed to somebody, they told someone about Jesus and they had this battle like, God, I don't know what to say. I'm not good with my words. And, and, and the moment they gave in, they said that the Holy Spirit just took over, man. They started speaking more eloquent. Like, I don't even know what just came out of my mouth. That, that is what the Holy Spirit does. He can do some amazing things. The Holy Spirit also gives out certain gifts as he sees fit. That's what the Bible says. And so those gifts, man, when you're, when you're applying them to your life and, and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can do some amazing, amazing things. Now, one thing that has really kind of been on my heart lately as a vision for this church is that we be a church that operates in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Seriously. Can I get a, a, a better amen to that? Like, I want to be a church that operates in the fullness of of the Holy Spirit, that every idea be, be God ordained, right? Every process, every implementation, it be, uh, initiated because God wants it to be right. That we go out, we change the world, we change our city, we change our workplace. I was, I was reminded of, of a word that, that Danny said that he received, um, from God one morning during our, our prayer meeting. We have prayer, um, every first Saturday of the month, Everyone's welcome to join. It's at 7 a.m. Yeah. It's a little bit of sacrifice. Um, but we were praying, and, and then we got together to pray together. And, and Danny stops us, and he says, I was, uh, I was asking God, God, how are we going to grow our church? How do we do it? Because we've been around for a long time, and, and we've had seasons of growth, and we've had seasons of you know, kind of degrowth. De- and and how, do we, how do we stride? How do we make it happen? And, and he said that he heard God Tell him, not without the Holy Spirit. Not without the Holy Spirit. And I stand in agreement with that, Danny. Um, not because I think that we ignore the Holy Spirit. Not because, I'll be honest, man, when, when Danny said that, 
I was a little bit confused. Um, and I, I kind of battled with it a little bit. And I, I, I was telling God, God, but we, we love the Holy Spirit here. I mean, we're a Pentecostal church, you know. Um, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We sing about the Holy Spirit. I did an entire sermon series on the Holy Spirit called Numa a, a few uh, last year sometime. And then it all made sense. We have to operate in the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just to, to know him. It's not enough just to know that we need him. We need to function by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not operating in the Holy Spirit, what, what are we doing? We're operating 100% on our, on our own efforts. And look, I mean, let, let's give some you know, credits to humans. We, we can do some pretty awesome things. I mean, we were created in the image of God. God allowed us to have, I mean, you've got some brilliant people, some really highly educated, highly talented people who want nothing to do with God. We can do some pretty amazing things. And I'm sure there's been churches who have flourished and grown without even acknowledging the Holy Spirit. But without the Holy Spirit, I would say there's no essence. There's no essence. We may, we may be able to do some incredible things with our own God-given mind and our effort and our, you know, our planning and strategies. I'm all for that, but, but it has to be accompanied by the Holy Spirit or it's just pointless. What are we, what are we doing here? The Holy Spirit has got to be our mode of operating if we want anything of substance to come out of this body. If we want to change people's lives, man, I, I always see people come in, they, they accept Jesus, but then I never see them again. I'm like, well, what? I mean, are, are, we, are we changing lives? Or are we just changing someone's day? Are we changing someone's future? Are we just changing their week? It has to, when it's accompanied by the Holy Spirit, there's substance there. There's something that is going to last forever. When the Holy Spirit is a part of that salvation that happened, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay intact forever. I believe that. We have to operate in the Holy Spirit. And so the reason that we fast, if we follow this model of, of Jesus, is to be empowered by, by the Holy Spirit so that we operate in that power. You know, fasting has a way of kind of drawing us closer to God by solidifying our connection that we have with him. We become more in tune with him because we're seeking him more. We're ridding ourselves of, of our, our desires of what usually distracts us. We, we go into prayer. That's, that's what fasting is. So when the church enters this season of fasting and seeking God more, what usually happens is that we, as a body, we connect more with the Holy spirit. Therefore we become empowered by the Holy spirit and we operate in that power. That's why we fast. That's why. And I want to ask you this time around to really focus on that aspect of your fast. You might have, you know, your own reasons, uh, personal, family related, financial, whatever it may be. You, you might be fasting for certain things. But as we fast together, I want I want to ask you to be very specific, be very intentional um, when you go into your prayer time and, and you're seeking of God. Ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because you are a member of this body and we need members that are operating in that power. That's why we're fasting. If anyone asks you, why are you fasting? It's not because we do it every year. That's a terrible reason to do anything. I I don't know. We do it every year. That's a good question, right? No, there's a very specific reason. I, I spoke last week about being intentional about everything that we do. And so the reason that we're fasting as a church is to adopt a modus operandi that involves the empowerment of the Holy Spirit over this body. That's why.
past week we were in, we were in Colorado and I went to Facebook a little bit more um, than, I, than I usually do during New Year's because I wasn't here. I wasn't at home. So I wanted to see what people were saying, you know, what was the word on, on Facebook. And of course, you saw people saying things like 2018 was great. I'm ready for what's to come. Other people said, I'm done with 2018. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh, you had those heartfelt posts, those, those emotional ones, right? Um, the motivating ones. We, we always feel so ready for like the next year, every time it rolls around. Like we're, we're ready to go. We're ready for 2019. I don't know anyone who says, I don't want this year to end. I want it to keep going. No, everyone is ready for the next season. Whether you had a good year, whether you had a bad year, you're probably ready for the next one, right? I don't know why though, because I don't don't know. Maybe we think like it's a reset button. I think that's what we think. Ah, new, new year, new me reset. Like we feel like a number is going to change the way that things have been. I'll be the first to tell you, man, that your 2019 will be just like your 2018 if you don't do something different. If you, uh, if you have any kind of relationship with my wife, um, you know that she's, uh, she's been on this better eating lifestyle journey for like ever. And uh, <laughs> uh, last year she turned 30 um, in October. And she had been saying the entire year, when I turn 30, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, I'm going to drop the sweets. I'm going to drop the junk. I'm going to, I'm going to drop the Dr. Pepper. I'm going to start exercising more when I turn 30. And she actually had me convinced, man. Like she really did most of the time. Cause she, she always says this stuff, man. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, babe. And she's like, wow, would it be supportive? And, and uh, it's cause she like, she, she talks it up and then she doesn't follow through this time. I believed her. I was like, okay. When you're turning 30, I'm I'm actually going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're going to do it. She turned 30 and she was doing good for like three days, four days. I remember being here at church and I got a text message from her saying, I can't live like this. I need a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) I I remember asking her, I asked her, babe, what's, what's going to be different besides the number when you turn 30, what are you going to do differently? She didn't, she couldn't really give me an answer. And then after she turned 30, after she kind of relapsed, uh, she said, okay, well, 2019 comes around because 2019, you know, my birthday's in October. I got two months. Might as well finish out the year. Well, okay, whatever. Um, well that was last week, right? Um, nothing changed. I said, babe, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Dr. Pepper? She was on vacation. Oh, now, now her thing is babe. When this, when the fast starts, that's when I'm going to get my life together. (laughs) A number isn't going to do anything if we don't change in functionality. If, if you're going into 2019 with the same mindset and the same attitude and the same perspective and the same tools and the same baggage, nothing is going to change but the date on the calendar. And you're not even going to be responsible for that. By the way, I, I asked Melissa if I could throw her under the bus in my sermon. She gave me permission. I have to ask permission sometimes because it could get bad at home. Uh, she said, yes. I said, babe, thanks. Your, your reward is in heaven. To which she said, I hope that reward is a giant ice cream cone. Like her diet's not even going to change in heaven, bro. <laughs> but maybe, maybe you're looking for, you know, maybe you're looking for, for some change to happen this year, especially in your spirit. I hope that I have some, 
some people of God that are with me desiring a deeper connection with, with God this year, man. I want to hear his voice more. I want to experience his presence more like we did this morning. Uh, I want to stop making decisions based off of what I see and more, you know, uh, on, on what the spirit of God wants for me. Maybe you're tired of the same thing, man. You're sick. You're sick of the same struggles that have plagued you in 2018, 2017, 2016. You, you want something to change. Maybe you're ready to break some addictions and some bad habits and some relationships. If that's you today and you're saying, man, something has got to change. I want you to hear this. You can't change the result without changing the process. You will never change the result by doing the same thing over and over again the same way. That's the definition of insanity. We know the definition of insanity, but we still choose to operate in insanity where we want a different result, but we're not changing anything about the process. You want to lose weight, but you're still eating your tacos, man, and your soda. And and, and you want something that you want to experience God on a deeper level, but you're still giving them five minutes a day before you go to sleep. We got to change the process if we want to change the results. I'm reminded of what Paul says In Galatians 5, it goes hand in hand with the way that Jesus lived. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I could stop right there, man. That's all you need. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the simple nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. And that's good. And if you're like any other human, ordinary human being, you're probably operating in the flesh. That's okay. Sometimes we have to operate in the flesh. That's the way that we were created. We were created to be hungry and and, and to need sleep. And to want to gratify some, you know, some, some desires. We like to have fun. We like to watch TV. That, that's fine. But that's when fasting kind of comes in. It, it kind of takes us out of that natural flesh desire and to focus on our spirit. But when we operate in the flesh, church, when that's all we do, when we just focus on the flesh, what, what, what happens is we conduct the process in the flesh, And so if we're conducting the process in the flesh, what's going to happen? The result is going to yield a flesh-related outcome. But what if we changed our mode of operating this year? What if instead we conducted our process full of the Holy Spirit? Knowing, Knowing full well, man, that we have no business going into 2019 without the Holy Spirit, man. Jesus knew that he had no business going into his ministry which was supposed to change the face of humanity. He could not do that without the Holy Spirit. He took it seriously. He went into solitude. He didn't eat anything for 40 days. He was attacked by the enemy. But he had to learn how to operate in the Holy Spirit. Some of us might need to learn how to operate in the Holy Spirit. There's one more aspect. There's one more aspect to this event in Jesus' life. I don't know if the keyboard works yet, um, but I, if I can get some keys or some air keys, whatever works. Uh, the gospel say, the gospel say that after someone say after, after Jesus received the Holy Spirit, he was led 
into the wilderness to be tempted. This is what really got me this morning. Because we were just filled with the Holy Spirit. We were just, man, the Holy Spirit was telling us something this morning. We were filled. I believe that I was filled. And now we're about to enter this fast. We're going to, we're going to, we're being led to some trials. Oh man, that sucks, right? We don't want to hear that word, but we might be led to some times of struggle and maybe not even throughout the 21 days. Maybe it's going to be this year. And we're going to have to learn how to operate in the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we, we, don't, we don't naturally operate in the Holy Spirit. Like, like I said, we, we operate in the flesh. That's, that's the way things go. And so when we're learning how to operate in the Spirit, it kind of gets harder for us to maintain that Spirit. It takes a little bit of skill. But I promise you, man, if you go through it with the Spirit of God on your side, not compromising anything, you're going to come out stronger and wiser and better for the kingdom of God. As we drove to Colorado, um, some of you guys know, I posted on my Instagram, we, uh, we caught a winter storm. It was terrible. I say it all the time. I'm not going to drive to Colorado anymore. I'm going to fly next time. I just want to save, you know, $1,000, but I just got to stop being cheap and just, just do it. Every time. I told Melissa this time, babe, if I ever say let's drive to Colorado again, slap me. I give you permission. <laughs> hard. No, I didn't say hard, brother. Just said slap me. But we got, we were already in Colorado. We were five hours from our destination and we get hit with this winter storm. It ends up taking us nine hours to get there. And I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, what, what, what was supposed to be an easy drive, something that I've done, you know, dozens of times before it became a nightmare. Layla was done with the car ride. The, uh, the windows, you know, it started fogging up. There were accidents happening literally like every mile. There was a car sl- slid on, 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 off the road. And I was thinking, man, I hope that that's not me. It was, t- it was terrible, man. Uh, we're driving about 30 miles an hour. Snow was coming down hard. The roads were icy. Um, and we, we, we even had this experience where Layla, Layla needed the restroom, which she always needs a restroom. Um, and we were driving in the middle of the storm and she's like, daddy, I need, I need to go potty. So we see the sign that says, you know, gas station, next exit. So we, we exit and, um, we're taking off the exit and, and we drive and there's a dead end on the road. It says more services this way. I say, okay, gas station must be on the other side of the freeway. So we follow that road and the gas station isn't there. And we keep on seeing signs that say services this way. And I, I, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of unboxing one of those boxes in a box, you know, like I'm never getting to the bottom of it. And I, and I keep going, keep, I keep seeing those signs that say services this way. And we're on this road that has not seen any traffic all day. There's snow everywhere. I can't see the lines. It's a, it's a two-way street. I mean, I'm freaking out and I'm, I'm PO'd, okay? Can I just tell you, pastors get PO'd? Um, finally get to the gas station. It takes us two miles to get there. Two miles. It's not supposed to happen. In Texas, you know, you, you see that gas station right there, right? We, we're taking two miles off course. We get there. Gas station's closed. Conoco. I'm going to throw them under the bus. Conoco. 
They were closed. <laughs> and I was like, man, Layla's not gonna, she's not gonna like this. I tell her, baby, um, gas station's closed. She's like, okay. She probably didn't even have to go in the first place, man. Uh, and then because we're so off course, the, the GPS, it takes us down that same road that we took to get to the gas station for, for another 20 miles. I mean, we're going 30 miles an hour on this, again, unplowed road. It, it, it's, it's scary. It, it's, it's dark already. I even have this moment where I think, man, if we, if we crash right here, we, we don't have signal. Like we're going to freeze to death. We're going to die. <laughs> no one's, no one's, you know, driving down this road. I'm, I'm freaking, it's negative 11 degrees outside. Thankfully we, we made it to our destination. We're, we're here. But if there was anything that contributed to that result besides the hand of God over us, it was that I changed my MO. I changed the way that I was driving. Usually I'm driving super chill, one hand on the road, listening to music, podcasts, you know. I, I feel like I could drive with my eyes closed. But this time, I had to change things up. I sat upright in my seat, you know, put my hands on, on what is it, 10 and, 10 and 2, lowered the radio down. I don't know why, why but you know, it helps. I'm driving 20 miles an hour. Driving slow. All the while, I'm seeing these signs that say speed limit 65. I'm going 20. I'm seeing the ETA get further and further and further away. But sometimes, if you want to come out on the other end, you have to do things differently. And you might be led into a winter storm this year. Might happen. We don't want it to happen. We can pray against it. But sometimes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things get a little rocky sometimes because the enemy, that, that's, when he is, that's when he's attacking them. That's when he's the most angry. That's when he sees a threat. And so when you're operating the Holy Spirit, just prepare for your own winter storm to come and arise in your life. But, but look, if your MO, church, is to operate in the Holy Spirit, at all costs, at all times, no matter what you're going through, I promise that you will get to your promised land and I promise you will see victory when you operate in the Holy Spirit. That's what I desire for this church. And that's why I want to invite you to join us on this fast. Believe with us. Pray with us. Man, let, let's, let's fight together, man, for this season that we're about to enter so that we do it with the spirit of God on our side. Maybe you don't normally fast, but I want to, I want to challenge you to do so for the next 21 days. You don't have to do anything extreme, but begin to seek God more, begin to pray with him, uh, pray a, a little bit more guys. If you're just fasting, like just not eating, that's just a diet. Or, I mean, it, technically it's a fast if you're not eating anything, but but we do our fasting with intention. So if you're just going to, you know, drop meat for 21 days and not, you know, pray, not seek God. I mean, just, just eat meat, you know, let's be intentional. Let's seek God. Let's seek that empowerment of the Holy spirit. So that when that 21 days comes up, man, oh man, we're going to have an awesome service. We're going to have an awesome year. I'm believing that. And I want to encourage you to believe with me. And this ministry, as we enter this fast, God is going to do some amazing things. Amen. I'm going to ask, why don't we stand this morning?
Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, my God. We thank you, my God, for your presence, Lord. Come on, church. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's lift up our hands this morning. And let's just begin to pray over this this coming season. Father God, I thank you, my God, because you spoke to us today, Lord. You did something this morning, my God. You stirred us up, Father. And I pray, Father God, that this might... This may not be a a one Sunday thing, my God, but you you continue to stir us up, Lord, daily, Father God, as we seek you, Father God. As we are intentional, my God, about this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, my God, and as we enter this, this season of fasting, Father, I pray, Lord, that whatever storm may rise against us, Father God, whatever waves, my God, may come against us, crashing down on us, Lord, I pray that you be our sustainer, my God. We stand on the rock of salvation, on the cornerstone, my God, a, a, a ground that is not easily shaken, Father, and I pray that you be with this congregation. In the name of Jesus, Father God, that we may adopt a mode of operating that includes your Holy Spirit, that we may operate it in the fullness of it. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.